Good morning. In our gospel lessons for the past couple of weeks, we've been on a bit of an agricultural kick, a gardening theme, farming. I think this is great for summer, and I hope you're enjoying some watermelon and fresh corn as we think about these things. Last week, we thought about dirt and seeds and God's extravagant and restless love. Today, we're thinking about weeds. But what's so bad about weeds, really? I mean, this again depends on what sort of gardener you are, how much you care about your landscaping. Do you just want your lawn to be green? And does it matter if it's full of clover and dandelions? Or do you really want like the, whatever, some sort of Kentucky bluegrass situation going on there? Isn't a weed just a plant that you didn't grow intentionally? Some weeds are perfectly lovely, and some are completely unwelcome. Weeds and vines can grow up and choke out that which we have planted on purpose. So sometimes we weed our flower beds and spray our yards to preserve the health of those desirable plants. In Jesus' example, this is a story of a field of wheat commingled with weeds. A farmer has planted seeds to turn into crops which will provide food and survival. Maybe a little bit different than just our yards and our flower beds. Jesus tells us that the farmer has sowed good seed, but then a not-so-nice farmer, perhaps a competitor from a nearby field, has come along and planted weeds among the wheat uncultivated plants among domesticated crops. So the laborers of the field, upon making this discovery, ask the good farmer if they should gather up the weeds. He informs them that by pulling up the weeds, though, they will uproot the wheat, too. Let them both grow together, he says, and at harvest time we'll divide them up, weeds to be burned and wheat to be stored in the barn. As Jesus explains his meaning, he tells his disciples that the wheat and weeds represent people, children of the kingdom versus children of the evil one. Now, perhaps you had a bit of trouble as you were listening to this message right before Debbie so cheerfully ended with the word of God for the people of God. How does this not sound like a classic judgment sermon? The sorts that we have maybe heard before and cringed a little, the sorts that cause spiritual harm and trauma. Language that says things like the wheat are the true believers or the good Christians or the ones who are saved and favored. And the weeds are everyone else, the non-believers, the non-Christians, the fallen, the lost, those who are in need of saving. And it's the true believer's job to go and find them and scare them into believing in God. The idea that some of us will be deemed good and some of us cast into the fire for all eternity. Language like turn or burn, or else the judgment, the weeping and gnashing of teeth awaits. That is the sort of message that demands an answer to who is in 
and who is out, who is good and who is bad? Are you going to live your life in such a way that you are the wheat or the weed, in such a way that God will lovingly harvest you up or throw you out into the burn pile? Are you within God's love, or are you so evil that you are outside of the bounds of God's love? Now, we human beings do like to judge. We like to divide up. We like to create boundaries and divisions. And some, some of this is healthy. This is called self-definition when it's healthy. This is me. That is you. This is us. But when we place different values on our differences, when we make one difference what is normal or superior, then we run into trouble. When we judge, when we look around, when we decide for ourselves who is wheat or weeds, what is holy or what is evil, Jesus tells us specifically that these things are too close for us to be able to decide, for us to be able to judge on the outside or by appearances. Furthermore, human beings do not fall into such neat and tidy binary categories. No one is all bad or all good. No one is all anything all of the time. No one is that consistent. We are messy and chaotic and inconsistent. The worst of us can be good sometimes. The best of us can be awful sometimes. We study the worst villains of history, the ones that we are quite sure must be outside of God's love and consideration. But then we learn about them a little bit. We watch documentaries or movies or read books about these villains or serial killers, and, and we learn that people are much more complex than they first seem. We find there are usually reasons and initial causes. We have a sort of recent interest in the origin stories of villains. Think of Wide Sargasso Sea or Wicked or Maleficent. And suddenly we understand that these stories that we thought we knew left out a lot of information. We see the betrayal and the neglect and the heartache and the abuse that could lead someone to terrorize people with flying monkeys or curse a newborn baby. We might watch shows like Orange is the New Black and realize that by accident of birth or family origin, there's that oh-so-thin line that separates those of us who are free and those who are imprisoned. Life is fragile. It's what makes it beautiful, but it's fragile. And we are all just a moment, an accident, a bad decision away from something truly terrible. There but for the grace of God, we say. People have mixed motivations. We are each wheat and weeds, sinner and saint, holy and unholy, healthy and unwell. Father Richard Rohr reminds us that we are simultaneously saint and sinner, and that's the mystery of holding weeds and wheat together in our one field of life. It takes a lot more patience, compassion, forgiveness, and love than aiming for some illusory perfection that is usually blind to its own faults. 
Acknowledging both the weed and wheats in us keeps us from thinking too highly of ourselves and also from dismissing ourselves as terrible. And this is exactly why God says, let it be. Don't disturb the field. This is why God gets to judge. The one who sees us at our best and knows us at our worst. The one who understands just how exactly someone could do something so unimaginably horrible. We don't know how they have been hurt or unloved or neglected, but God does. And God will sort it out, the good and the bad, the holy and the evil. But we still might wonder what that looks like, what sort of consequences there might be for being mostly bad or mostly good. Author Rob Bell, in his book entitled Velvet Elvis, says that when people use the word hell, what do they mean? They mean a place, an event, a situation absent of how God desires things to be. Famine, debt, oppression, loneliness, despair, death, slaughter. They are all hell on earth. Jesus' desire for his followers is that they live in such a way that they bring heaven to earth. What's disturbing is when people talk more about hell after this life than they do about hell here and now. As a Christian, I want to do what I can to resist hell coming to earth. We find throughout the Gospels that Jesus speaks of fire and flame and punishment, sometimes using a word called Gehenna, which is literally the burning trash pile just outside of the city gates. The word Gehenna then in English is often translated to hell. Literal wheat, of course, the actual plant, cannot change into a different sort of plant. Wheat will always be wheat, and weeds will always be weeds. And they have no hope of redemption if redemption looks like a weed becoming wheat, and so they must be burned in the fire. But human beings can change, and God cultivates us into righteousness. The fire isn't so much the flames of hell that we might imagine that are overseen by a devil with horns and a cape and a pitchfork. Think of the fire as how trash was managed in first century Israel. Think of how some places even today have burn barrels rather than compost bins. And throwing the weeds into the compost pile strips away that added layer of assumption around the fires of hell and our ideas of eternal damnation. This is God's business, and our business is to trust and to love and to trust that God knows that good is deeper than bad, just sometimes really well hidden. Human beings are not weeds. We can never not be human beings. We are all children of God. And no one is ever outside of the love and consideration of God. No matter what, no matter who we are or what we have done. And that is the great good 
wonderful, and totally unfair news of God's amazing grace. Amen.